We got my buddy Jake Wimberly, friend of the show, been on the show a couple of times now. I'm on his radio show all the time, The Afternoon Drive, ESPN Radio 105.9 FM out of Jackson, Mississippi. I think he's the best radio host in that state. That's no disrespect to anybody else, but Jake is just that good. He's going to hop on the line here, preview Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and then we'll discuss it on the other side. All right, we're pleased now to be joined by uh, Jake Wimberly, friend of the show. You can follow him at Jake Wim on Twitter. And, of course, he's the host of the Afternoon Drive on 3 to 6 on ESPN Radio 105.9, the best radio host in the state of Mississippi, for my opinion, voice of the Brandon High School Bulldogs as well, and he runs CFBHourglass.com. Jake, thanks so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Mike, you're too kind, man. I always appreciate you guys. Love what y'all do. Well, hey, uh, you're my go-to man down there in the state of Mississippi, so you know we're getting into this season. It's finally here. It's after all this doubt all off season. You know, it was like you know we got a blessing from heaven. We got Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, and now it, it, for a moment there it looked like we weren't going to get it. Now we're getting it, so we're fired up for the season. What's just your expectation level for this Mississippi State offense and KJ Costello and and all the hype that comes with uh, the Mike Leach system? Well, I tell you, you know, I I don't think uh, this is any any grand, you know, I'm breaking any news here, but uh, I, Mike Leach's offense, I think, two years from now, if he's still in Starville, which you should be, will look much different than it does this year. But so you go back and look at Mike Leach's offenses at Texas at Texas Tech and Washington State, and you know, he made this thing home pretty quickly. Uh, I believe you can go back and watch game film on YouTube of when he was at Washington State early, and they went down to Auburn and just about knocked Auburn off uh, with a much different Washington State team than his last couple. So, you know, you expect a lot of throwing, obviously. Uh, the ball's going to be in the air a lot. You know, one of the things that Mike Leach has now that he's never had, and he's had some good running backs, that he's never had an all-SEC type running back, a guy in Kylan Hill that could possibly be taken in the first two rounds or three rounds of the draft. And I think that is a different dynamic in itself. You know, Dan Mullen uh, didn't do Joe Moorhead a lot of favors or any favors, really. He didn't leave him a ton of receivers, and Joe Moorhead didn't do any better really beefing that thing up. So Mike Leach has had to go out and find JUCO transfers, a transfer from Alabama, um, and some other guys. And his starting four wide receivers on the depth chart, you know, if you believe those things, are guys that didn't even start last year. Austin Williams and, uh, you know, several other guys that are going to be starting. So, you know, this thing is going to be a a work in motion. Uh, Gardner Minshew, who is with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, as you referenced, Brandon, I had a chance to see all of his games, call every game he had in high school. Gardner's a friend, and, and Gardner told me when he was at Washington State, he said, hey, we rotated 11 different receivers every ball game." He said they all could play. Um, and ultimately, I think that's where Mike Leach wants to go this weekend is to be noted eight receivers in the rotation. Now, you mentioned Brandon there. If I'm not mistaken, the freshman quarterback, Will Rogers, he's from Brandon, right? That is correct. He was actually, uh, you know, just a, a story on that real quick, revisionist history. Um, his father – is the offensive coordinator for Brandon uh, Wyatt, a very good guy. He's a friend of mine. And Wyatt is, is a phenomenal football mind. Um, and uh, Ole Miss guy as well. So it was kind of funny seeing Wyatt, you know, around town wearing Mississippi State stuff when, when Will committed to Mississippi State. But, yes, Will came in behind Gardner, uh, was really, you know, just a child when, when Gardner was coming through. And so I had an opportunity to see both quarterbacks. And, and Will's got the stuff. I'm not surprised to see him running number two behind behind K.J. Costello. Uh, you know, different different deal running it in high school, but they ran a version of, of the Air Raid and have, have done for a long time at Brandon High School. A little bit different deal this year, but that's another story. But, yeah, I'm not surprised to see Will 
running number two behind KJ. He's he can make every throw. He's got the size, and, and expect him to be a starter at some point in Starville. All right, now you kind of hit on it, but uh, the receivers, you know, they didn't have a, a lot of experience or, or productive guys coming in there. But uh, what do you think is their potential, given the fact that uh, you know a lot of these guys are going to be emerging, like you said, in their first year in the Mike Leach system? Yeah, you know, if you look at Mike Leach's offense, and again. It's kind of a twofold deal here. He's he's been inside the top ten offensively in the country over the last ten or eleven years. So you know if you say okay, well you expect uh, based on prior you know have Mississippi State as a top ten offense in the country. Now playing in the SEC is a little different animal when you're talking about the defenses that they'll be facing. So you know I think that you just need to see first off guys get separation, uh, make this offense work. There's not a lot of guys on this on this roster right now that uh, have shown in the past that, that they can actually get separation and get open. This thing, though, is, is an offense that works quickly. Uh, the quarterback has to get the ball out of his hands quickly. So it'll be interesting to see if Mike Leach does, in fact, use um, you know a, a plethora of wide receivers, eight, or does he go, he's got two pretty good tight ends. Does he add the tight ends back into the game, maybe as a flex-type player? Does he use Mike Leach? You know, it's, it's, it's all about, um, you know, finding the guys that, that are that – are, able to make plays and get open. And, and basically what I mean is this, um, you know, we were told Mike Leach, one of the things that he loves to do at halftime is go around the room and say, okay, who hasn't caught the ball? And it's not necessarily about, you know, getting those guys the ball. It's like, okay, who have we not utilized? What can we do schematically that we can take advantage of that basically the defense is not paying attention to? So, you know, Mike Leach and that staff, when they put the headsets on on, on Saturday against LSU and moving forward, this is a staff that's been together for quite a while. Uh, Steve Spurrier Jr., highly regarded, uh, you know, as far as an offensive type coach, no, not surprised, surprising to anybody. Uh, but this is a staff that knows how to coach together. They uh, will be putting on the headsets for, you know, again, uh, for the first time in, in a long time, but they've done it a lot together. So, you know, I, to answer your question a long way around the world here, uh, just expect to see them get open to, to catch footballs. Got to catch footballs. If they can't do that, then this thing isn't going to work. But uh, a lot of weight on the shoulders of the wide receivers to, to make this offense even get close to the top ten of the country. Now, Mississippi State's defense kind of went off a cliff last year. They got uh, first-year defensive coordinator Zach Arnett coming in there, expected to run a three-three-five type defense. And, you know, you kind of mentioned it there. you got to take these depth charts with a grain of salt. But when they put this thing out this week, I'm scratching my head at a lot of who are these guys they got in the starting lineup here. So, I mean, are you expecting Mississippi State to, to field a competitive defense this year, or do you think this is kind of a project? I think it's a project. Uh, you know, we were talking about some of those guys yesterday on my radio program, and some of the guys, I'll be honest with you, not a lot of people know who they are. Uh, these are guys that are, are young. Uh, these are guys who have fought their way through camp, who have obviously impressed the, the defensive staff. Uh, as you referenced, referenced, Mississippi State is a shell of itself from several years ago. Uh, when you when you watch cut on the NFL on Sundays, I mean you're seeing guys like Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Willie Gay, uh, you know, and even go back as far as Chris Jones and and, and uh, you know Jonathan Abram who uh, is is really doing well with the Raiders. So there's not those type of guys on this defense. You know they're going to have to scheme their way. Uh, they're going to have to try to get the most mileage out of some guys that uh, you you may not have expected them to do. So I do think it's somewhat of a project. And look, if this defense you know play in behind an offense, it's going to be you know, fast and, and, you know, on the field and off the field. If they, if they can keep opponents in the low 20s, I, I, you know, on average, I think that's a win for this defense this year. So what's the biggest question you've got for Mississippi State heading into the opener against LSU? Uh, probably the offensive line and, and how this offensive line, you know, you're talking about a bunch of guys who, 
uh, and of course the defense. I, I do want to see defensively what the linebackers look like, what this young secondary does. Um, you know, against an LSU team that's you know, regardless of the fact that they have lost so many players, LSU's defense or offense rather, their uh, wide receivers, they're going to be talented. Can they cover? And, and what does Miles Brennan? You know, can Miles Brennan make it his first start as an LSU Tiger, uh, Mississippi native, going up against a very young Mississippi State defense and, and secondary. But the offensive line, I want to see how they work. Uh, because Mike Leach's offensive lines work totally different than than most offensive lines. These guys were, a lot of them recruited to be, you know, road graders, run blockers, and then now you're going to ask them to pass block, basically on an island. Uh, very wide splits, uh, a different deal. Now, obviously, these guys have had a, a lot of reps in camp. But what this offensive line looks like, and can they protect KJ Costello? That's the thing. If you can't protect him, they can't throw it. All right, so skipping over to uh, Ole Miss, we obsess over who's going to be the starting quarterback. That's the question these coaches face every press conference. So I'm not too worried about who starts the season. I'm worried about who get, who gets more snaps under center by the end of the season. So which direction are you going with Lane Kiffin first year at Ole Miss, Matt Corral, John Rice Plumley? Which quarterback uh, gets the most action this year? I think right off the bat, when the when the huddle breaks on the sideline Saturday at 11 o'clock, I think it's going to be Matt Corral. Uh, based on all the reports we're hearing out of Oxford, you know, John Rice Plumley, uh, he's had a couple dings in, in his preseason camp. And, you know, I had, uh, David Johnson, give him a shout-out and a plug here, 247sports.com. He made this reference, uh, covers Ole Miss on a daily basis. He said, hey, you know, they haven't been able to they've, – they've limited, like most teams, the, the contact and the hitting in practice. And, and John Rice Plumley is a guy that – makes things kind of happen after the hitting starts. So, you know, you're not going to see the same practice player as you would say the game player. And that was kind of the deal last year when, when he came in, um, a lot of people didn't realize he could really do what he did. And then of course he started doing it. But I, I do think to answer your question, it's going to be Matt Corral. I wouldn't be surprised to see Lane Kiffin go to, go to Plumlee if things go south pretty quickly. But one of the things we know about Kiffin and the way we watched him, especially at Alabama with Blake Sims and, uh, then Jalen Hurts. I mean, he can take different types of quarterbacks and then, you know, build a scheme and build an offense around them. And, you know, he's got some pieces to work with in the backfield with Jerron Ely, uh, Elijah Moore, Jonathan Mingo at wide receivers. So he, he's got some pieces to work with, uh, some transfers there, tight end and some others. It's just, you know, can these quarterbacks get it, get it done? And I think, it, I think it's Matt Corral early. And if things go south pretty quickly, it could be John Rice Plumley. Probably end up seeing both. Now, you referenced some of the pieces they've got on that offensive side of the ball. They do have a lot of skilled players, a lot of young skilled players in particular. Do you have confidence that Lane Kiffin can kind of put these pieces together and, and potentially Ole Miss have you know one of the more surprising offenses in the SEC this year? I do. I, I really do. I've always liked Lane Kiffin as a, as a play caller, uh, just me personally. I mean, you can go back to Tennessee when he was at Tennessee. I thought he did a pretty good job there. Again, what he did at Alabama, now that's different talent. We we understand that a different metric, different level of player uh, at Alabama than, say, at Ole Miss. But there's some nice players. I mean, Jerry Ann Ailey could probably play on any team in the Southeastern Conference at running back. Um, Elijah Moore would be in the 2D probably just about anywhere at wide receiver. So, yeah, I think it's just going to take Lane Kiffin some time to figure out, you know, this guy needs to be uh, in, in this in this part of the mix, so to speak, or this portion of the equation. And then, you know, once he does that and figures out what this team does well, uh, I, I think that, that, yes, they will have a really good offense. Now, Saturday is a different deal, taking on a Florida team that by many could win the Southeastern Conference. I mean, this could be uh, the best team that Ole Miss plays all year. We'll see what that Florida team looks like. But 
I wouldn't judge Lane Kiffin on Saturday, but I think when we get through the year, I think you're going to see this is going to be an offense that's going to put some points on the board. All right, so let me ask you this. With uh, the new hires with Kiffin and Leach, you know, we all know this Egg Bowl, it's still going to be a heated rivalry in that state, but does it lose any of the, I don't know what you want to say, maybe hatred that has been in this thing lately? Because it, it seems like these guys are pretty friendly. Yeah, you know, I, it, it, you bring up an interesting deal there. We've seen, like all rivalries, I mean, the, the rivalry is always there between the fan base, between the fan bases. It doesn't matter if it's the Iron Bowl or Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, or Ohio State, Michigan. The rivalry is always there. But sometimes the coaches do change the dynamics of the rivalry. Um, you know, we saw Jackie Sherrill and Tommy Tuberville back in the 90s. That was about as, as nasty as it got. Those two guys did not like each other, and they were not – shy uh back in those days of, of telling you you can go back to billy brewer before that and jackie sherrill uh and then you fast forward you had ed orgeron and sylvester croom that thing from a coaching standpoint was pretty friendly i mean it wasn't uh a lot of words spoken uh both guys you know said hey you know when it got to, they ignored the other team and they got to that point in the ball game it was an important ball game then of course dan mullen and hugh freeze uh you know there was a lot of gas on that thing so to answer your question, you know, Leach and Kiffin have, uh, have have been open about being friends. You know, when the state flag was changed uh, here several months ago down at the state capitol, uh, all the coaches in the state, and that's from, you know, basketball, football, baseball, from all of the universities, junior colleges and all, met down at the capitol for the rally for the to change the state flag of Mississippi. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a video clip out there of Leach walking by Kiffin and pulling his mask down, just messing with it, you know, his face mask. So, I mean, these two guys, I think there's a mutual respect there. I don't think these two guys are going to get caught up in the in the mudslinging, um, which is probably good for this state. There was a lot of mudslinging between, you know, the Mullen regimes and the freezes and then, you know, even down to, to Luke and, 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 you know, those guys. So I think the state needs a break from the, the gas thrown into the dumpster fire, so to speak. And I, I don't think you're going to see those two guys go down that road. I think it'll still be a very entertaining ball game. I think it'll be a very competitive ball game a game that both coaches will be adamant that they need to win uh, when they get to that point. But I don't think it's going to be the focus of either team, you know, 360 days out of the year. All right, last question for you, Jake. I'm not going to ask you for a record prediction just because, you know, it's 10-game SEC slate and who knows what's going to happen this year with, with just the wonky schedule. So I think it's too hard to predict the schedule or the records for these teams. But if you had to make a prediction, the end of the season, where is Mississippi State in the SEC West standing, and where is Ole Miss in the SEC West standings? I'm going to say State is going to land somewhere around spot number five, and Ole Miss is spot number six. And I think the Egg Bowl, uh, honestly, will probably determine that. Uh, I've, I've got them, you know, we were joking about this uh, as we talked about Arkansas on the program today. Is You know, and Arkansas should be improved. Uh, Sam Pittman should, uh, I, I think, you know, make them play or get these guys at Arkansas to play at a much higher level than, than the you know last few years. But is State and Ole Miss more in the realm of Arkansas, or are they more in the realm of a Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M? And I think it's a no-brainer. They're on the back end of that. It doesn't mean they can't you know have a season or two where they live in the middle to the upper half of the SEC West. But to answer your question, I think State at five, Ole Miss at six. Both teams, uh, you know, they still need a lot, of, a lot of players, a lot of depth, and – and they need, uh, you know, some time for these coaches to really make them a formidable, a formidable opponent in, in that division. 
All right, he's Jake Wimberly. You got to give him a follow on Twitter at Jake Wim. And again, he's the host of the Afternoon Drive on ESPN Radio 105.9, the voice of the Brandon Bulldogs. And you got to check out cfbhourglass.com. Jake, thanks again so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Hey, anytime, man. I appreciate it. You guys enjoy the game Saturday. We'll talk soon.